ParkPal is a companion iPhone app for trips to Disneyland Paris. ParkPal is available free from the App Store. Action! Welcome to Torn Stubbs, the trash movie podcast with me, Robert Gershenson, photographer and creator of Trash, which can be found at movetotrash.co.uk and Joshua Winning, the greatest film critic you've never heard of. They've all heard of you. And we're going to the movies. In this episode, we're going to revisit a film that had its cinema release very recently and see if we feel different to how we did when we first saw it. This episode is Sicario. It's a 2015 movie directed by Denis Villeneuve, who seems to be taking over Hollywood lately. He's the man behind Prisoners, Arrival, The Underrated Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal, and he's also directed Blade Runner 2049. Sicario is set in Arizona, and it sees an FBI agent, Kate Mesa, portrayed by Emily Blunt, enlisted into a special government task force led by Matt Graver, who's played by Josh Brolin, and the mysterious Alejandro Gillick, played by Benicio Del Toro, to bring down the drug cartels over the border in Mexico. Part action film, part character study, it's quite an ambiguous narrative, but not in a David Lynch way. It's like a mystery thriller where you're only given a piece of the puzzle at a time and you kind of have to work out people's motivations and um, who people are. Are they good? Are they bad? Are they grey? It constantly engages you, it constantly asks you to get involved, try and work out the mystery, because mm-hmm. part of it is, is, is a mystery. Emily Blunt, I think this, this and Looper proved that she is more than just a bitchy assistant from Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. I felt I was watching Linda Hamilton at times. She's really tough. She's really resilient. You know, she could be blasted across a room or shot at and she still gets up ready for more. Yeah. The thing, the thing with this film and specifically her character is that... I think a lot of people would really, because she's an FBI agent, because she's going after bad guys, because it's all very dark and dusty and stuff. People kind of were expecting and wanted her to be Clarice Starling yeah. from Science of the Lambs. Well, she's the the template, really. Exactly. Yeah. So everyone kind of expected her to be this this really kind of tough, straight-talking character, which she kind of is. But also, she is a character with no agency. The, the film completely removes her agency right at the start. When, in Sicario. Yeah, in yeah. Sicario. She's Kate, whatever her name is, Kate Mesa. She's enlisted uh, for this sting, but she has no idea what's going on. She yeah. doesn't have any idea for the good a good hour. Mm. Um, and I found it frustrating, more frustrating the second time around, actually. The first time I watched it, I was kind of getting into it and, and, and as frustrated as she was. But the second time, I just, I was more frustrated. And I felt Why? like... She kept asking, she kept asking. Basically, her her dialogue for the first half of the film is her asking questions, not getting answers, and just kind of shrugging and going, I guess I'll go along with it then. Um, and the first time she gets any answers is because her buddy steps in and goes, I want answers. And she's kind of like, yeah, I'll I'll walk, I guess, if I don't get answers. And it's like, come on, like you're a but tough that, FBI agent. But that's because she's, she's stepped into this ultra masculine world she's up against josh brolin's character who looks like a geography teacher (laughs) just like strolling (laughs) around in his khakis (laughs) um and benicio del toro who was just absolutely made for this role yeah he was he's great in it and and actually they they cut 90 percent of his dialogue um because they wanted him to be this kind of enigmatic guy and apparently quite early on the film he does 
give uh, Kate answers and tell her about his story and all this mm. kind of stuff. Um, and I'm kind of glad that they removed that stuff, actually, because it does make him more interesting. And but that, then that... that's the greatest part of the film, the fact that right. it's a mystery and we don't know why mm. and we don't know who it's about. So removing that from the start, I, I would question and fail to understand where the film could go once they blow that load yeah but she is in this masculine world and of course they're not going to listen to the girl because they clearly don't respect the girl she's the only i i I fail to remember any other females in that that task force team that josh brolin and benicio Mm. del toro are heading up yeah and then when you find out what why she's there it is just so they can get a, a free pass through to yeah it's like a legal loop they need yeah. a, a a local representative to allow them to legally go across the border and get what they want so yeah. of course they're not going to give her any answers and of course the only person they're gonna you know listen to is her friend played by i always forget his name daniel kalua i was more just kind of frustrated i think with a lot of the the no answers and stuff it it wasn't for for a second watch, knowing that all this shocking stuff happens, you know, the the bodies dangling and all that yeah. awful stuff. That's what gripped me the first time, and then the second time, knowing that was there, I actually found it quite a slow film. It is slow. I found but... I found it slower the first time because you you don't you can't grasp the shape of the film and you can't mm. grasp the shape of the mystery. And on second watch, that unfamiliarity is kind of pushed to the side and you can really start to to see you can start to see what a cool deception it is Mm -hmm. it's kind of a deception by the filmmakers and it's also a deception by Benicio Del Toro's character because really it's not about Emily Blunt at all no she's the character she was the poster girl sorry she was the poster girl well no but just in in, I mean put inside marketing and, and whatever in terms of narrative and, and filmmaking skill, she's the one that we as the audience are asked to identify with. She's yeah, yeah. the first one that we're introduced to and we follow her. We follow her story. She doesn't have a story. There is no story for her. Yeah. When it flips and we suddenly realise, fuck, it's not her story. No. She's off screen for like 20 minutes while, Benicio, while we follow Benicio Del Toro final, to yeah. go and you know do whatever he wants to do. It's yeah. his story. If if they had made the film from Benicio Del Toro's character's point of view, Emily Blunt would be a very minor character in mm. the third act. Yeah, yeah, she would. Yeah. And I guess maybe that makes it more interesting, but I feel like it makes it slightly less, makes it feel a little bit disingenuous. Like, you, I, feel, I felt a little bit robbed. I wanted to go on this journey with Emily Blunt's character and see her, you know. But that I guess that is also the beauty of it, is that she was powerless, as are many of us, it's in this kind deception. of war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's very clever. I don't know if I enjoyed it, though. There's a running theme in this film of just constantly invading someone else's home, someone else's home turf, and just figuratively and literally crossing lines. Mm-hmm. Everything was was territorial. Yeah. And it was just repeated over and over and over again. Yeah, who's got the power, where and why? Well, yeah, but, I mean, just more so just literally very american just barging into something and saying this is our place now Mm. the film opens with the camera moving towards a house and you realize it's actually the point of view of a reversing van that just smashes through like this little house Mm. the helicopter um aerial shots of just constantly crossing lines 
going through America and then crossing lines into Mexico. Mm-hmm. Even, and I don't know if, you know, it's there. Nothing in, in, in narrative film is a mistake. Someone has put that sound effect in. Just as they're getting ready to, um, you know, the, the, the mini shootout on the, the motorway after they come out of the... Oh, yeah. There's a dog barking and they're very territorial animals. Mm. If something comes into their their doggy domain, <laughs> yeah. they start barking. Yeah. So there's there's all this uh there's all this invasion and just a complete deception. And I was completely on board with the film. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more the Have second you seen, time. You've seen it before. Oh yeah. Yeah, I saw it in the cinema. Oh right, okay. Um and I don't think I quite got it because it is a it feels when you first watch it, it feels shapeless. It feels mm. like you don't you can't really follow it. You need, like I said, you need to have a, a second viewing and, 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 and go in knowing the big thing mm. and then uh, you understand it more. You can, you can see because bits and pieces are moved out of the way. You can start appreciating the smaller bits. Yeah. I, the first time I watched it was in the cinema and I did really enjoy it actually. I kind of did get swept away by it um, and I found it, it's a very artful you know it's a very beautiful film it's shot by roger deakins mm. he was oscar nominated for this he also worked on prisoners and he's just done blade runner 2049 mm-hmm. it does look beautiful um i enjoy the i enjoy the trick I, I enjoy the deception but i'm i think the fact that this was nominated for three oscars didn't get any of them kind of shows how people maybe felt about it you know it's a downer people maybe don't necessarily get it or care or you know people want kind of a, a feel-good they want the kick-ass. Do they? I think I think so. Especially if it's a thriller with Emily Blunt. Do you think it was Miss Soul? They wanted like Bone Collector or Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. They wanted some kind of like kind of resolution or, or some some kind of earth-shattering revelation. And and actually, the revelation is... The bad all, guys win. The bad guys win. <laughs> it's all shit. And that's a real downer. <laughs> but do you think it was Miss Soul in that sense? Do you think it was sold as an action film and people came and saw essentially a non-Hollywood yeah. like a, an art film made by a non-Hollywood director yeah yeah and it's great that he that Denis made this because it's just yeah it's it's not a Hollywood film it's it's a really rough kind of upsetting film that happens to star some of the best Hollywood actors going around yeah it may have been misold I don't know I think it's difficult to to sell a film like this to be honest this is the sort of film that I love seeing yeah because obviously we, we watch, you know, com- combined, we watch a lot of films. And how many, how many times can I just watch the same film over and over mm-hmm. again? There's only so many times I can watch Die Hard and then all the films that came after Die Hard. Yeah. Or Silence of the Lambs and all the films that came after hoping to, you know, make some money or make some waves off the back of that one. Mm. It's kind of refreshing to see a film like this that is arty. You know, it's a silly saying, arty, but everything's kind of arty. But it's got a, a, a really strong style and a and a flip that, you know, the first time you don't see it coming and you really appreciate it the second time. Mm. The music. The yeah. S- the soundtrack, the score to this movie. Yeah. Johan Johansson. Terror and fear in your head and the blood is pumping and it's crackling and it's just boom, boom, boom. But it's just... Yeah, well, the worst really bit for me over, was... I, I, I watch films with, um, in, I watch them on my Mac at home with my in-ear headphones. Mm-hmm. So I'm completely isolated from any sound out of, of the headphones. And it's really overwhelming, that sound. Just, yeah. It's, it's constant and it's well, it, it unrelenting. Sounds, it sounds like 
it's that that slowly decreasing kind of baritone sound that sounds like they are descending into hell like yeah. it's, it's a great soundtrack that scene where it flips to sort of um, infrared and night vision hmm. i think that's more geared towards seeing it on the big screen because in the big screen that was completely immersive because there's nothing else to look at you can't and it's it, it's not appealing on the eyes it's not comfortable on the eyes hmm. to see in infrared or, or night vision it's quite unsettling mm. so when you're in the cinema and that's the only thing really you can see it's very immersive more immersive than shitty 3d or d box yeah. yeah yeah um it is at home i think it loses some of it on home video it kind of loses some of its power because you know when you're watching on a mac and i might be in a dark room but you know you can see shit around you yeah there's ways you know you can let your eyes rest by just you know glancing at you know your, your telly or something yeah i think um, denis villeneuve was kind of looking for different ways to unsettle you and that's definitely one of them so that was sicario directed by denis villeneuve join the conversation tweet us your thoughts and reviews to at torn pod even if you're listening to this episode way after we've released it even if you're now living in the year 2049 share this with everyone you know and love we love five star ratings we're off to mexico until next time i remain robert gershenson i'm joshua winning cut <laughs>